0: Oh! oh.
1: <laughs> this is Ord Energy Mon, and this is Tree Salon. You are listening to Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. Yes, I, I forgot what else <laughs> we got to say.
2: WDBX. Well,
1: oh yeah, I mean, it, I don't think we should say anything more. I think we should just have a half hour of us humming yeah (laughs) joy to the world the oil has won (laughs) um that right there was the seattle labor chorus i think i'll throw in uh that probably number two or how about um hark the walmart banners say (laughs) glory to no i forget i can't even sing (laughs) good thing all right um you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being.
0: Wake up
1: and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, Dallas, First thing Dallas? Yes, Yes. Dallas bans fracking in most of the city. Yes. Believe it or not. In most of the city. Just like once just like okay, in this guy's neighborhood it's all right. But this guy's neighborhood it's not.
2: Yeah.
1: Huh. So the growing wave of local fracking ban is sweeping into Texas, where the state's third largest city has put a near total kibosh. I say kibosh, on the practice. The Dallas City Council adopted new rules on Wednesday. Don't say we don't keep up on the news. This is two days later, and we're on top of
2: it. (laughs) Yeah, we're on top of that.
1: (laughs) They adopted these rules on Wednesday that bar hydraulic fracturing within 1,500 feet. Isn't this like the same thing of a pedophile?
0: (laughs) Yeah. 1,500
1: feet of a home, school, church, or well. Well, pedophiles can get near wells. (laughs) But um, Dallas is now the largest of five Texas cities and towns that have imposed local restrictions on fracking. The city, which sits on the edge of the gas-rich Barnett Shale area, had previously imposed a safety buffer of 300 feet and banned fracking in parks and floodplains. Because Dallas contains more than half a million homes, the new rule effectively outlaws fracking, well, throughout most of the city. Quote, we might as well save a lot of paper and write a one-line ordinance that says there will be no gas drilling in the city of Dallas, equipped uh, council member who voted against the new rules. That would be a much easier ordinance to have. <laughs> and yeah. quote.
2: It would be funny if they had taken him up on that and be like, okay, we'll just ban <laughs> it all. Like, yeah.
1: That's what they should have done.
2: Huh? I guess he's a sore loser there. It's like Yeah, well, that, that really struck... That really strikes me because Dallas, you know, Dallas, Texas. It's known for its participation in fossil fuels. I mean, if they're banning fracking there throughout most of the city, they know they know what they're talking about. They know it's not safe.
1: It's not safe.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently not.
1: Well, I mean, we have the the, the best regulations of any state.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. I've heard that in Illinois, I've heard that in California. Everybody's got the best regulations in any state. <laughs>
1: well, Texas doesn't have any regulations, they're just banning it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Right.
2: They know, they know that's, you know, having all these complex detailed regulations to try to make a destructive process not destructive is just a fool's errand. I mean, it's logical.
1: 1500 feet of a home, school, church, or well. Yeah. That should be federal law. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that should just be common sense law. Yeah. You don't pump polluted chemicals. Yeah. Within fifteen hundred feet of where anybody will be.
2: Yeah. You don't take these oh, yeah, high pressure chemicals. Yeah. out in the wilderness.
1: We don't care. Nobody's out there. <laughs> yeah. But now a bunch of where people. are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, common sense isn't so common these days.
1: <laughs> just like that's like being nice nowadays is considered uh flirting. It's just like, come on man, I'm just being nice to you. Hey, you're flirting with me. No. I don't like you that way. I'm just being nice to you.
2: Yeah, we live in strange times. I've had a guy say that to me. <laughs> I've had a guy say that to you.
1: Yeah, a, an actual guy say that to me. I've had, no, I've never had a woman say that to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They just realize, hey, maybe he's being nice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. What else do we have in news? Well, that that was pretty big news for hey, the day. let's
1: talk about the weather. But
2: yeah, let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about the climate forecast. You can now check out the climate forecast in your county. The average maximum temperature in L.A. is forecast to increase between 77 and 88 degrees by the end of the century, up from 73 degrees in the 1980s. Summertime maximums in Boulder, Colorado, have already increased from 75 degrees, which is up from the low 70s in the 1960s. Residents of Vermont can look forward to as much, to, to temperature rises of as much as 10 degrees this century. That's according to a new U.S. Geological Survey tool that lets you focus in on climate trends and forecast for counties throughout the U.S. The online tool draws data being produced, uh, through the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's efforts to produce its fifth assessment report. Quote, the maps and summaries at the county level condense a huge volume of data," said Matthew Larson of the USGS Climate and Land Use Program. Now, I was looking at this tool online last night. It's really interesting. You yeah, can, I'm,
1: I'm checking it out now.
2: Yeah, you can click on the county. You can adjust which model you're using, um, and which scenario. Uh, I was, for me, it was intense looking at the changes projected for June and July in in Jackson County. In uh by the end of I uh, forget the time range like twenty seventy something maybe, or
1: yeah
2: I'm um, within my lifetime, hopefully <laughs> yeah,
1: it says the change in annual mean max temperature twenty fifty to twenty seventy four yeah versus nineteen eighty to two thousand and four, yeah so and it it I haven't delved deep into it, I just clicked like two clicks so far, yeah, and it seems to be pretty interactive,
2: yeah, it's very interactive, it's got a ton of data. For the the mean increase for Jackson County, was projected to be 3.6 Celsius. And for June and July, it was projected to be 4.6 Celsius. Now, to put that in perspective, this is Celsius. This is not Fahrenheit. In Fahrenheit, that's almost twice as much Fahrenheit. So imagine your June and July months being quite a bit hotter, like 5 to 10 degrees hotter.
1: What's nice about this is there is so much data out there, but it's hard to view. yeah. It's hard to willow through all that information. And here they're doing it in an interactive picture. Yeah. I mean, you know, instead of, what, pie charts or any of those, here's a picture of the United States, and you can drill down to your location. All right.
2: Yeah, and I like it. It's helpful for the public because they get a sense of what's happening in their own county, and it's also helpful for researchers to get all of this detailed data because the more refined they can get in the data, the better models they can make and the better predictions they can make.
1: I can't believe it's a summary all the way down to the county level. Yeah, that's
2: pretty intense.
1: If you would like the link to this, please send us an email, info at your dot org, and we'll send you the newsletter that has this whole story with the links. Yeah, And the studies and all that good stuff.
2: And the summary is, it's all orange and red. I mean, I didn't see a single county in the U.S. that was like blue. I don't know if they even coded blue into into the model, because I don't think the U.S. had anywhere that is going to go down in temperature.
1: You're you're saying orange isn't a happy color. I mean, you're acting like it's orange is the new black. (laughs) Just (laughs) um, speaking of black, the southern half of the Keystone XL oil pipeline is now filling full of oil. Oil. Trans Canada had a nice little party last weekend. The company has been battling for years to win the State Department's blessing to build the Keystone XL pipeline over the Canadian border to help export tar sands oil to American r- refineries. Meanwhile, it has been building the southern leg of the same pipeline from Oklahoma to Texas. On Saturday, the company started filling the southern leg with the sticky, polluting climate-changing fuel they're not holding back at all on the the description here, (laughs) that will carry cross-country to the Texas refineries crude oil. The achievement which followed a problem-plagued and deeply run popular a deeply unpopular construction effort was so momentous for the company that it noted the very moment of the event in its press materials (laughs) 1004 A.M. Central time.
2: <laughs> Got to be pretty precise there.
1: <laughs> Just like, I mean. People, Texas tea. People have been working really hard to <coughs> stop this.
2: Yeah, they've been working hard a, a lot. A lot of people have laid their, their bodies on the line. They've written petitions. They've done all sorts of things. But, but TransCanada is celebrating because they managed to all over all those people and <laughs> get the job done. It's a momentous occasion for TransCanada.
1: Do you think it's momentous that people in China can't breathe right now?
2: Uh, well, it's momentous. I don't know if that's if you consider that as a neutral term. It's it's very big, big news. You know, an so entire
1: catastrophic. Yeah,
2: catastrophic. An entire nation full of people.
1: When, uh polluto apocalypse. No, <laughs> I I can't say it. You know, I've been saying ice apocalypse, yeah. snow apocalypse, pollution. pollute
2: apocalypse.
1: There you go, pollute apocalypse. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, think we may be in the midst of a pollute apocalypse.
1: Oh well, Beijing is. Yeah,
2: Beijing is. We're lucky here in southern Illinois. It Doesn't
1: really affect us. Yeah, I mean, we still get our cheap plastic toys from China. I mean,
2: yeah, we still get the goods. I mean, they get the pollution, we get the goods. Seems like a fair deal, right? I
1: think so.
2: I mean, <laughs> it's okay for us. I mean,
1: I mean, they're very easily beating the smog there. They're just putting cigarette filters in their nostrils.
2: Yeah, seems it's like a, really a fair good plan. Yeah,
1: they just need to. They need to smoke a cigarette in their mouth and then breathe through that. Yeah. Also. That'd be hard to breathe through three cigarettes, like one in your mouth and one and in, in your noises, nostril on yeah. and one in this nostril. I can't even imagine yeah. that. That'd be hard. I mean
2: that's gonna be the new smoking is you'll just walk around constantly with the filter and then in order to smoke you take out the filter. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're getting to. I mean it's 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 funny because it's true. But yeah, this story Making
1: cigarette filters in your nostrils.
2: Yeah. And this guy became famous for it online. Uh People in China are beating the smog by sticking cigarette filters in their nostrils. Beijing's smog is legendarily bad. On some days, stepping outside is kinda like trying to breathe in an ashtray. So it's not surprising that someone like Sina Weibo, China's equivalent of, that someone on Sina Weibo, China's equivalent of Twitter, decided to deal with the pollution problem by shoving cigarette filters up his nose. Rumors have spread over the internet that, that in China, that taking cigarette filters and inserting one into each nostril can block the tiny pm two point five particles of pollution that are making breathing difficult and cause it would
1: only work if you actually breathe through your nose yeah you've got to keep your mouth closed clogged, yeah, uh, I breathe through my mouth yeah, so like how do you I don't know about that
2: yeah, and it's uh, they're posted these pictures online it's it's kind of unclear if they're actually doing this all day or just posting it as a commentary, but uh they're calling it a magical fix for coping with the haze. Said one message that has been repeated by many thousands of times on this, this site which is a microblog site that's China's most popular equivalent of Twitter. They say, take two cigarette filters, strip away the wrapping paper, and insert them in the nostrils. Well like you said though, I mean, it might just be a commentary if you're actually trying to do it, you would have to be disciplined and like keep your mouth closed. Well and-
1: it seemed like if you actually did strip it off and then just shove like the, you know, Basically a wad of cotton. Or, yeah. You know, the equivalent, I don't think it's cotton. Yeah. But, you know, that filter stuff in your nose, loosely packed. Yeah. You could probably breathe through it, not too bad. I'm gonna have to.
2: Yeah, it looked, I saw the picture, he actually had him shoved up in there, and it looked kinda like someone with a nosebleed or something, but, uh, it, it looked like maybe he could actually breathe that way, so. I'd be curious, if, if you, if you live in Beijing, or if you know anyone who lives in Beijing, let us know if people are actually doing this, or if it's just a, a Twitter-style commentary. Either way, the air quality is bad enough that people would seriously consider this. And that is the big news story of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's visually... Yeah. Visually bad. I yeah.
2: Mean, you see the pictures, and it's like some sort of disaster movie. It's, it's like... like
1: fog. Yeah. Everywhere. I mean, like, right on the street level. It's not, like, in the air. It's at street level. Yeah.
2: It kind of reminds me of nine eleven. Like, you see the pictures in New York, and there's all this... There was this haze because of the buildings collapsing. Like... And there was smoke on everything. It kind of reminds me of that, but every day in Beijing, that's kind of crazy.
1: Do you think offshore wind farms could protect us from hurricanes? It's now time to turn the tables on hurricanes. Instead of allowing their ferocious winds to tear apart our cities and infrastructure, why not use those winds to produce clean electricity? Hmm. Stanford University researchers used computer simulations to calculate that a protective wall of 70,000 offshore wind, gen- wind turbines built 60 miles offshore from New Orleans would have reduced Hurricane Katrina's winds by 50% by the time it reached land. The storm surges that topple levees would have been reduced by nearly three-quarters, and a lot of electricity would have been produced to boot, with the spinning of the wind turbines absorbing much of the storm's power. A similar array off the coast of New York or New Jersey could have reduced Hurricane Sandy's wind speeds by 65 miles per hour, the scientist said.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, this is actually an argument some wind people have against wind turbines. Yeah. They say if we put so, too many wind turbines, we'll stop the wind. Yeah. And the earth will die. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that as an argument.
2: <laughs> I heard that too. I wonder if that's where they got the idea for this study. They're like, you know, well this idea is kind of ridiculous, but it does affect wind a little bit, so let's see if we put it in the right places, if it might make changes, you know. Cause I mean, in the entire globe, you're not gonna stop the wind from the entire globe, that's just silly, but if you put a, a ton of the turbines in one spot, you might affect weather patterns a little bit, and if you put it in a spot where you don't want that extra wind, then
1: bingo. <laughs> So you think the people in Cape Cod would be really for it? Cause you yeah. get such blustery, they'd be like, you're gonna put a windshield? <laughs> yeah. Block the wind so we can go spend more time on the beach? Activate force fields. Cape Cod people were against it cause they thought it would be a visually impairing uh, yeah. view.
2: Those unsightly windmills. Um, like...
1: They actually put it at far enough out in the ocean that they couldn't see them, I mean. Yeah. So that's what ended up happening, but. Yeah. You know.
2: Well, it's funny to me that in like, You know, part of my family comes from Holland, and like they've got the windmills there that are the older style of windmills, and people think, oh, that's that's quaint, that's beautiful. Let's let's look at those. But then the modern windmills, they're like, oh, that's going to be an eyesore. (laughs) I don't understand.
1: So you just need to put a little skirt on it.
2: Yeah, just like decorate it, like make it look old school. Yeah, (laughs)
1: just put a skirt on it, you know, and like have vines grow up the side of it. Yeah. Okay. Um. I do like this idea, though. Ladies with little wooden shoes give tours. I mean.
2: Yeah. I like this, though, because this promotes wind power, and it's also like, I mean, as much as we consider ourselves so powerful, there's not really all that much we can do about the climate. And if this is something that generates wind energy and deflects a little bit of these extreme storms, then that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So is there any other wind energy news coming up that we should talk
1: about? Wind energy becoming cheaper than natural natural gas. That's pretty funny. It's called natural. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. All these years. Natural gas. Well, it is natural. It is natural. It's naturally occurring. It, it just takes many years to make. Yeah. So basically, it's just a giant fart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It's it's it's. You know the earth's farts. Yeah. So let's natural gas
2: with unnatural consumption. All right. Okay, yes. Wind energy becomes cheaper than natural gas. In the blustery Midwest, wind energy is now coming in even cheaper than natural gas. This is from Green Tech Media. In the Midwest, we're now seeing power agreements being signed with wind farms at as low as twenty five dollars per megawatt hour. Since Stephen Byrd, Morgan Stanley's head of Northern American North American Equity Research for Power and Utilities and Clean Energy at the Columbia Energy Symposium in late November. Compare that to the variable cost of a gas plant at $30 per megawatt hour. Bird acknowledged that wind does receive a subsidy in the form of a production tax credit for 10 years at $22 per megawatt hour after tax. But even without that subsidy, some of these wind projects have a lower all-in cost than gas, Bird said. And, you know, uh, they are getting subsidies for fossil fuels still, too. So, I mean, there is that.
1: And I love the beginning of that. It said, in the blustery Midwest.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We're definitely thinking about during this cold weather how we are living in the blustery Midwest.
1: This is an interesting... I hadn't actually heard about this. But Leo Grand, the homeless guy offered the choice between a hundred dollars and coding lessons made a ride sharing app yesterday just after a few months after patrick approached him and offered him the choice between a hundred dollars and coding lessons leo grand released his first app trees for cars Mm -hmm. trees for cars yes (laughs) in this video well if you want the link to the video Grant explains, quote, The objective is less cars on the road and a smooth transition from fossil fuels to alternative energy. That's kind of our style. Yeah. The Daily Dot reports, Trees for Cars is a mobile app that connects people for carpooling in an effort to reduce carbon dioxide emissions. When you share a ride, the app tells you that what you've saved in emissions and gives you the opportunity to compete with other users for the most savings.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, this, this I've is... always
1: thought that there should be some kind of way to carpool. Yeah. I mean, I travel so much, and I very rarely get someone, you know, like um, next week I'm going to have to drive up to Peoria. Yeah. Anybody need a ride to Peoria? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't know let how know. to let people know that I'm going up there. Yeah. And going up there for a day and then coming back. I yeah. have to go turn on a solar system. So
2: apps like this are really useful because they used to have like ride sharing boards where you go to a physical place and ride it down. But an app like this there's so many layers of wind. You know, he's trying to promote all, renewable energy, he's he's doing this as a way of rising up out of poverty. Like it's
1: and it it creates that competitive nature of okay, you did something good let's see how you compare to others who are doing good
2: yeah are you doing as good as others in your neighborhood (laughs) yeah yeah so it's it's all of these good bonuses packed into one i feel like leo grand is going to be the next uh... superhero (laughs) just like
1: i mean he can you imagine being homeless and being offered a hundred dollars or you know some kind of class or lesson
2: it's impressive that he chose the coding lessons and he's doing a lot with it because you know you know, I I have been in situations where I needed money, so I know how hard of a choice that must have been. But he chose coding lessons, and he's making good on it by making this ride-sharing app. And it's not only benefiting him, it's benefiting all of us now.
1: Right. So, benefiting all of us. What's this deal with Friday the 13th?
2: <laughs> it's a lucky day.
1: I never understood. it.
2: Yeah, well, there's there's different theories about why 13 is considered an unlucky number, but... I consider it a lucky number because there are 13 moons in a year. So it's a lucky That's number for me. The...
1: <laughs> okay. That would, that would explain why they've really pushed that away. Okay. Yeah,
2: they're afraid of the moon and lunar <laughs> energy.
1: <laughs> um, tomorrow is the birthday of Nostradamus. Yes. He, he, he was a crazy person. He came <laughs> up with some really good ideas or I don't know. He, he was some, crazy.
2: He had some wacky predictions. No, it's th- sort of like, a Rorschach test, you know, like he, he wrote these cryptic messages, and people decide he predicted
1: this and that. <laughs> it's like Sunday is cat herder's day. Yeah, that's the rough life a cat herder. Yeah, just like they always say, this is harder than herding a yeah herding a herd of cats. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they always uh, say.
2: A pride of cats, like a pride of lions. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like Sunday is also Bill of Rights Day. Yeah.
2: Uh, Bill of Rights, I heard of that. That's so last century. (laughs) All right, uh, we have coming up Barbie and Barney Backlash Day. It's also Underdog Day and the birthday of Ludwig von Beethoven.
1: The anniversary of the Boston Tea Party is on Monday?
2: Yes, and Tuesday is Saturnalia, which is not as celebrated as it used to be, but people still celebrate it.
1: And Tuesday is Take a New Year's Resolution to Stop Smoking. Yes. Wednesday is UN International Migrants' Day. And the anniversary of the Christmas greeting from space.
2: Yes, space—the final frontier.
1: Not from space, space,
0: but from us. <laughs> yeah, us in, in space. space.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we still haven't. At least, if if we have received a greeting from space, the government has covered it up.
1: <laughs> and I don't think they would send us, you know, you know, Merry Holidays. Yeah, I mean,
2: that would be funny if the first greeting <laughs> from other non-human life was Happy Holidays. <laughs> we'll be joining you for your Christmas dinner. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of dinner. Tonight, uh, the Filipino fundraising dinner has a new day. In case you didn't know, last week there was this storm thing, yeah. and a lot of things got canceled. So today at seven p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center is the rescheduled Filipino fundraising dinner. This is the second chance to attend this special dinner. Um. Since this is a fundraiser for the Typhoon Relief, there is a $10 minimum donation. The meal will include chicken adobo. This is an authentic Filipino dish. Um, There will also be panset, which is a term for noodles. And uh, um, soup will be provided by Thai Taste. And for dessert, we will have babinka, a dessert with or without roasted coconut. Mm. Um, If you would like to learn how to cook Filipino food by helping with the cooking... Show up early. Six o'clock. Start cooking. Seven o'clock. You can come learn how to eat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. If you don't know how to eat, you'll find out at seven. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's over at Guy House Interfaith Center.
1: That's at 913 South Illinois. That's today at six PM for cooking, seven PM for eating. Yes. And if you can't make it, you can still donate money to the, you know, the relief efforts for the typhoon. Uh, this is the typhoon where one town had over 10,000... A town the size of Carbondale had over 10,000 people die.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So. Also coming up this weekend, the Farmer's Market. Carbondale Community Farmer's Market is still going on, but it's indoors. It's from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Carbondale Community High School. They've got all sorts of goodies, at local agriculture and other goods from the community. Also coming up, we have the... Southern Illinois Alternative Gift Fair. That's another event that was rescheduled because of the storm. It's moved to this coming Saturday, tomorrow.
1: Now remember, it's Saturday because yeah. in the past they've always had it on a Sunday.
2: Yeah. It's it's it used Saturday. To be, yeah, it used to be Sunday, but because of the scheduling, it is coming up Saturday tomorrow, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center, 200 South Illinois in Carbondale, and it's a great opportunity to. Make your community and your world a better place while choosing gifts that really show you care.
1: I mean basically you're buying something from a non profit, therefore donating money to a non profit, and that something you buy you can then give as a gift to a friend. So it's like two things at the same time.
2: Yeah. And I will be there so you can come and say hi to me or meticulously avoid me if you don't want to see me. But
1: also Saturday of gifts. two to five.
2: Saturday two to five, Civic Center. And coming up on Monday, Transport night. They're celebrating the Compass holiday on Monday at 8 p.m. at Global Gourmet 102 East Jackson. Celebrating it with some poetic musings. And finally, last but certainly not least, there are the public hearings on fracking regulations. There are several of them still going on. There's one on Thursday, December 19th at 6 p.m. here in Carbondale at the Student Center Ballroom B on the SIU campus. There's also going to be one in Effingham on December 16th at the Holiday Inn and in Decatur, at at the Decatur Civic Center at 6.30 p.m. So, yeah, for more information on all that, you can go to don'tfractureillinois.net slash public dash hearings. Big one coming up in Carbondale on the 19th, next Thursday at 6 p.m.
1: Well, hopefully this has been an exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. I think we'll go out with the solar carol from the Seattle Labor Chorus. See you again on the radio next week.
0: See the sun how brightly shines on the nations of the earth, all who share this big